all of creation, cholesterol, and where good ideas come from. You're tuned in to the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 152. Hey there, Tony here. Welcome to the Rhyme and Reason podcast, episode 152 again. Um, gosh, the opening, I'm talking about we're going to talk about all all of creation. That's quite a bit to talk about right there, isn't it? Um, well, in the context, I think you'll see what it, it does. It's not going to take us forever to talk about this. Uh, if we were going to start talking about all the stars and galaxies and and uh, solar systems and who knows what out there in the universe. Uh, I don't believe I'd have enough uh, bandwidth or hard drive space. So uh, I think I'll get into how I meant it when I was talking about all of creation. And, you know, that pretty much <laughs> includes everything. So, uh, but, but the point of it is that all of creation does tell us something. So I'm going to get into a little bit of, uh, I hope you don't mind me doing this, but Bible talk. Now there's a place in the Bible where the Apostle Paul, who was the Apostle to the Gentiles, that's you and me if you're not a Jew, he talked about the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs. Hmm. He's not talking about a mom going into hospital with contractions. He's talking about the whole world. I don't want to get into too much of a Bible study right now, but I, I did want to share um, a short excerpt from the best-selling book of all time, that would be the Bible, and how it talks about the whole creation implying a creator. So, you get that? Another way of putting it is all of creation. And that's what I did a while back as I worked on some lyrics for a new Christian song. But Paul was talking about all of creation points to a creator. It really does, if you think about it. People no matter where they live, should be able to see that there's design in this world. And design implies a designer. Creation implies a creator. Well, I'm not finished with those lyrics yet, but I I wanted to share with you uh, what I have so far. That's because my Christian faith is coming more increasingly under attack, even here in America And Christianity has been the shining beacon of hope for the land of the free and the hope of the brave for a long time. But but when your Christian faith is under attack, you don't retreat. You move forward and onward. That's because you should realize, as a Christian, you might lose some battles, but you're going to win the war. Absolutely. No doubt about it. We're going to win the war. So I want you to take heart today and know that the one true living, loving creator of the universe and everything in it, he created everything in it, loves you. He does. You're here because he was always here. You're a beautiful creation of God, and I hope you remember him each and every day that he loves you enough that you are here. Now, the words to what I have so far, all of creation, it goes like this. All of creation points to the Savior. We are all here by design. All the environment and complex behavior The glory of God makes it shine. All of creation holds information encoded within every cell. 
All the best minds in each generation won't banish what Christians know well. That all of creation is here by the word of God, and all of creation mirrors his hand. All of creation is saved by the love of God. All of creation Jesus defined. So that's what I have so far, and I'll, I'll figure out a time and a way to work on that and see if I can turn that into a song. It'd be first time I've actually written a new song instead of reworking some other ones in quite a while. I, I got to get that back and, uh, you know, pray for me. Encouragement is needed to uh, get back into my songwriting groove. As long as I stay healthy and take care of myself and keep my mind clear, maybe I can get that going. And Oh, a good way to do that kind of leads into my next uh, topic, cholesterol. I know you've heard about cholesterol, right? And uh, I, I mentioned in a blog post that uh, it's found in some interesting and tasty places. It's, it's, uh, I've seen some updated reports on cholesterol. There's a, a link to some of that report in uh, TonyFunderburk.com. You'd be able to see, um, I think it's forward slash cholesterol, the article it's gotten a pretty scary reputation over the years and, and decades. I remember having mine checked decades ago at, I think my level was 200, and, and they were freaking out. Oh, your, your cholesterol is way too high. And people stress out you know, over the mere mention of the so-called artery-clogging, gooey stuff. But I'd like to take a quick look at some of the things cholesterol is found in and see if it really deserves its enemy-to-health status. Um, here's a short list of things I found cholesterol in. Let's see, meat, poultry, fish, milk and other dairy products, plants, and you. <laughs> Did you catch that? Cholesterol, in varying levels, is found in just about everything you might choose to eat. And more importantly, it's found in you. Even if you somehow manage to avoid eating anything with cholesterol in it, your body would still can contain cholesterol because your body makes cholesterol. Actually, your liver produces cholesterol in order to balance things like vitamin D, steroid hormones, and bile acids. And when you eat foods that contain cholesterol, your liver produces less. When you eat foods that don't contain cholesterol, your body produces more. I'm a living, breathing example of how important this is to know. Like I said, um, quite a few years ago, the doctor told me my total cholesterol level of 200 was dangerously high. That's what he was putting. That, that's what he was putting it. And literally, this is close to 30 years ago. 30, I said, 30. And he was talking about my cholesterol being dangerously high. He gave me a diet guideline sheet that recommended eliminating foods that cholesterol is found in, like red meats. In fact, most meats. Fatty foods um, such as oils, nuts, you know, fried foods, and a host of others. Well, I did as he recommended. You know, he's a doctor, right? So the next couple of years, I had no red meats or um, any of the other foods on the list. And the next time I had my cholesterol checked, it registered 232. Huh? Higher? How could that be? So I decided to do the only logical thing. I became a vegetarian. That's logical, right? I cut out all the rest of the meats and... Um, let's see, I still included fish and eggs, but just about any other animal product was off the list. 
the good news is I love fruits and vegetables, and I ate them at pretty much every meal. The bad news is my next cholesterol test showed a result of 268. So guess what happened then? My primary care physician at the time said I'd need to take statin drugs. He prescribed one called Baycol, B-A-Y-C-O-L. After a month on the drug, I noticed a steep decline, and I'm talking steep decline in my health. My wife said I looked like I was dying, and I, I could see it in my face, dark circles under my eyes. and So I stopped taking the drug, and I found a chiropractor who was also a naturopath, and maybe you'll never guess what he told me. Maybe you will guess. Maybe you've had the experience too. I don't know. Anyway, he asked me about the foods my grandparents ate for breakfast. I told him, bacon, eggs, and toast? He asked, why don't you eat that too? And I told him how, you know, that stuff's supposed to be bad for you, right? Bad for me. That's what I was told. He asked, well, how old were your grandparents when they died? And I told him they were in their 80s and 90s. And he said, get this, eat some bacon, Oh, man, I love bacon. I could have hugged him right then and there if I was the hugging type. And as soon as I left his office, my wife and I went out for a delicious bacon cheeseburger. And I've been eating red meat, enjoying coconut oil, real butter, and other no-no foods ever since. I'm not kidding, ever since then. And I've enjoyed all kinds of foods that cholesterol is found in. And my cholesterol numbers have gone down significantly. So, you can take these three things with you today, and, and always. Number one, eating cholesterol and saturated fat doesn't necessarily raise cholesterol levels in the blood. Number two, high cholesterol in the blood isn't necessarily the cause of heart disease. And number three, statin drugs don't save lives in healthy people without heart disease. Period. Those three things you can take with you and process as you see fit. But the last thing about statin drugs, not only do they not save lives in healthy people without heart disease, they can even take lives. I'm not kidding. A few months after I stopped taking Baycol, I received a letter informing me I could take part in a class action suit against the makers of that statin drug. It seems it had uh, actually killed some people and made a lot of other people very ill. So, need I say more on that? So, I, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, a naturopath, or medical practitioner, or health and wellness expert of any kind. I'm only sharing my story and some information. Because I believe when you inform yourself with more than the typical FDA or governmental health guidelines and discover what all cholesterol is found in, you'll realize the wonderful symbiotic design between us and our foods. Food was designed to support our health. Actually, food is designed to do that. Drugs are designed to mask symptoms, and that's all they do. Drugs don't heal you. Food does. Food is the only chance of it. Let's put it that way. It's a good idea to eat real foods. So where do good ideas come from anyway? I know, where do good ideas come from ends with a preposition. So, who made up that rule anyway, right? So let me ask you something. Have you ever stared at a blank white screen or page and it just seems to stare back at you, taunting you, daring you? You could almost hear a voice saying, na 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 
And it doesn't matter that your project deadline is tomorrow at noon. You just don't have that idea you thought you would. Has that ever happened to you? If it hasn't, great. I mean, if it has, stop working and start reading. Reading what, Tony? Hmm, let's try the Bible. Oh, there he goes again, right? An online version or Bible app would be a great idea because using those, you could access all the great stories and chapters and verses, and you'd discover a wide variety of resources that could get your brainstorm started. I'm not kidding. The Bible is full of great ideas, full of creation-inducing um, stories and, and uh, history. I mean, besides the concordance, you can find a, a handy search tool, commentaries, glossaries, language tools, historical reference guides, and in some cases, even audio and video. How cool is that, right? I mean, from your Bible, for your Bible, for your, your own benefit to learn more. But using all those great tools in the greatest book ever written still doesn't answer the question, where do good ideas come from? So let me say this. Ideas aren't some random results of random processing of random information. Ideas are thoughts formulated into an intelligent mental picture as a result of processing logical, reasonable information. But how did all that information get from one source say, your Bible app, into your brain? The answer is simple, but it befuddles and even angers most of the so-called thinkers. See my two fingers on each hand of that, thinkers of the world. Uh, your ideas get into your brain by processing and pondering the information you discover using a system designed by, hold on for it, God. That system is called logic and reason. Your brain is the user interface. You might call it the most powerful UI ever designed, and make no mistake, it is design, not random chance. It's uncanny and ironic to me how many times I hear the same information bandied around, saying the world and everything in it came from nothing. At best, that's a scientific theory, an idea. Yet... That idea can't explain how ideas are stored. That idea can't explain logic and reason. That so-called scientific theory leads to mankind believing mankind is either the pinnacle of evolution or just another insignificant segment of it. So, the next time you hear somebody ask where do good ideas come from, I hope you'll smile and answer, good ideas are gifts from God. I think it'd be a good idea to think of it that way. Because you have a choice to make in this life. And it's in this life that you have to make the choice. And you can choose to believe in this God of good ideas, or you can choose not to. You can trust yourself to be your own God. But let me tell you, there are, there are eternal consequences. And uh, you get to choose. You're free to choose. God designed you with your own mind. So my idea for you today, I think it's a good idea that you look into it. You know, dig deep. And I believe you'll find that truth does exist, 
God does exist. We're not God, but he's a living, loving, relational God, and he cares about what happens to you. He cares about what happens to you more than you care, more than I care. So trust him. That does it for the Rhyme and Reason podcast. Episode 152 is now history, but I'd like to thank you for being there, for listening. I have more listeners now than I did last week. I've been able to uh, see some of the statistics. That's pretty cool. I appreciate you listening. And if you are, I hope you'll subscribe if you haven't already. And if you have subscribed, I would uh, love a review on iTunes. That would help me get this message out to even more people and share the words of um, hope and optimism that come from knowing there's an eternal life for us all. Thank you for being there. Thank you for all of your support. And as always, it means the world to me. I, um, I need to close out. I won't say all the ways you can connect with me. You can watch, uh, I mean, listen to other episodes of the podcast. And you'll hear all the places where uh, you can connect with me on social media. But uh, suffice it to say this week, uh, until next time, may God bless you and keep you. <laughs>